It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Pressure and it's good pressure from Alvin Morgan all the way back to the goalkeeper. It's slightly wayward as well, and Evans scrambles it away. Support towards Abrahams. Touches wayward as Lieber. And that's a lovely ball to Jayasimi in the penalty here. Jayasimi, can he score? He can! And John have the lead. It's all about the assist from Lieber to poke it through to Jayasimi. Got beyond Bennett, ran in the penalty here and with his left foot. Gives Charlton the lead after 56 minutes. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's a good finish of Jaisim. He had work to do. He had players around him, notably Bennett, who'd been on top of him for most of the game. But he shrugged him off, kept his composure, and drilled it home for the setup pass in the first place. The strength of Miles even to hold his man off, and still managed to find the pass inch perfect into Jaisim's path. Good goal for Charlton. Kirk's got Dobson behind and in support. And that is the final whistle. And Charlton have progressed to the third round of the Carabao Cup. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendez. On this week's show, we'll be looking back at that midweek uh, League Cup win. Uh, up at Walsall and of course ahead uh, to Saturday's trip to Adams Park to take on uh, Wickham Wanderers. Plenty of other things to talk about in the middle of that as well. So joining us uh, to do this that first up, uh, Mr. Nathan Miller. Nathan, Stevenage in the next round, the, the, the tie we were all dreaming of. <laughs> yeah, not bad, mate. Yeah, it's, um, I, I must admit, deep down I was hoping for Spurs home or away, but um, a couple of people made some good points on Twitter. You know, if if we do, it's a it's a winnable tie. So, and if we win this, then surely we get one of the one of the big boys. But knowing our luck, Crawley will probably win, or you know, someone well, else like Morecambe. Morecambe or MK are going to be yeah. through, aren't they? So we'll get them on a Tuesday. Yeah, to be fair, if we if we keep playing League One and League Two sides all the way up to Wembley, I think I could live with that. So there we go. Also joining us uh, on this week's uh, big match preview to discuss those games is Lewis Cat. Hey, Dan Lou, enjoy the game midweek. Well, the yeah, result at good. least. Yeah, good result. Good to see us progress. Obviously, was hoping for a little bit more of a glamorous tie in the third round. But last time we did play Stevenage, I think Nathan and I were on commentary and it was that big 8-0 win. So another <laughs> a, a repeat of that would be good. Yeah, I'd be happy with just half of that. A 4-0 win would be plenty for me to get us into the next round. So uh, we just heard the goals, uh, well, the goal from that game uh, up at the Poundland Bescott Stadium that led us to get in our bloody Poundland draw. Uh, we're going to hear from Ben Garner shortly. Uh, his thoughts on that game. Also got some transfer chat as well. There's been a couple of stories put out uh, today. We're going to hear from Aaron Henry. Uh, we spoke to him up at the uh, the Bescott Stadium in midweek. We're also going to look ahead to the women's game uh, on Sunday at the Oakwood. Uh, Beth Rowe. Uh, very kindly had a quick word uh, for us. And then, of course, we will concentrate on the trip to Adams Park. We're going to hear from Phil Catchpole uh, from the Ring in the Blues pod. Uh, and once again, from Ben Garner looking ahead uh, to that game. So, I mean, first things first, I mean, we made heavy weather of it on uh, on, on Tuesday night, Nathan. The, the most important thing is that we got through. But it certainly, it certainly wasn't the entertaining flow and performance that we saw against uh, QPR in the last round. I mean, it, do, do you become too concerned about that I mean we won that, that's all that really matters really eight changes managed to get through That that's the main the main thing yeah like you said you know hit the nail on the head there mate the main thing was being in the hat or the bowl or whatever you want to call it for the next round and um... giant carabole kind <laughs> yeah so I mean that was the main thing uh, I mean, when you make any any game, whether it's cup or league, you make eight changes. You disrupt the rhythm a little bit. You've got some players still coming back to fitness, and 
and it was probably needed and give some people a lot of rest because of the injuries, which we'll come on to later, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't glamorous. But in, in fairness to Walsall and in Stevenage, they both had good starts to the season. Um, so it's never going to be never going to be easy. And you know, we beat a team in a league above in the previous round against um, QPR. So they you know they put on a performance at home. Um, to obviously try and knock us out but like I said the main thing was to get some minutes no new injuries um, and obviously be in the hat which was the main thing and you know a little goal for DJ which is a rare occurrence but yeah main thing is we're in the draw to, for the glamorous tie against Stevenage um, and yeah and we'll just uh, I've emailed Wembley today see what day the final is see make sure I get some time off of work um, yeah, you emailed an the entire stadium yeah, just email them. I don't just, you know, stadium at Wembley.com or wherever it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just do that, you know, and get ready to uh, book my, with me uh, hotels and flights to Portugal or wherever we're going or back, Baku. <laughs> there we go, Rob, when we get into Europe by winning the cup. Right, well, um, yeah, DJ with a goal start of the second half. Um, great work by Miles Leeburn in the middle of the park. And yeah, an end product from DJ, something we don't actually get enough of, really, Lewis. Yeah, it's good to see him on the score sheet. Um, obviously, probably a little bit stop-start in terms of his time at Charlton. There's been games where he's looked very good and there's been other times he's been sort of fairly anonymous. So, obviously, at the moment, struggling to get sort of into the league match day 11 and, and 18. So, obviously, he'll be grateful for the minutes on Tuesday. And I think, yeah, it's good to see him on the score sheet and, and contributing. Um, obviously, he did fairly well at Swindon before we brought him in and came in with quite a good reputation. Probably hasn't quite hit those heights yet. Um, but we have seen plenty of glimpses of quality from DJ since he has been here. Um, I think it's just that consistency he lacks. So, yeah, I was happy happy for him to get on the score sheet on Tuesday. Um, obviously good as well to see some minutes from some of the other players. Obviously seeing uh, some of the youth players making making appearances as well, like like Dickie Chin and Luke and Ness, things like that. It shows sort of the depth that we have in terms of young players. Um, and it's good to see them competing well in competitive games like this. So, yeah, I think all in all, positive evening uh, on Tuesday. And, yeah, I think we, we can all be happy with that. And probably first time we've been in the third round for some time. So, yeah, very happy. Mm, yeah, uh, uh, Dickie Chin obviously uh, was a standout for me, actually, on on Tuesday. And, and in a position, I guess, where we, we have been a little bit light this season. So, where, whereas I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if he's ready to start making proper first-team league appearances on, on the regular, it is good for him to come in and, and get that experience at this level Nathan against a, a men's side, you know, even if it was a League Two team in Warsaw, and show that he can sort of hold his own against uh, against other senior footballers. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a different different ball game, really, under twenty ones and and senior football. Um, and yeah, it's, it can't harm his development. Similar to Claydon, you know, Claydon played his first what senior game at left back. I don't know if he's done many at left back in the coming through the ranks, but. You know, you've got to le- you've got to learn somewhere, learn somewhere, and you've got to be given your chance. And he was given that, and by all accounts, he he gave a gave a good performance, and he can only build on that. Um, I, th- I think it was Garner said after the match, he was asking Marshall after the game, you know, how he can improve, and that and that bodes well, and that's what we want. Um, but yeah, if he keeps going, he, ke- he keeps working hard and showing showing Garner who can be trusted and doesn't doesn't get overawed by the occasion, then he hopefully he can make some. More appearances, but yeah, I still think a, a, a senior natural left back um, who could probably play centre half maybe um, is still needed. But it, you know, games like that, it's not going to hurt him at all. Especially we've got teams like Stevenage. If we if we did get Man City away, I think it would be pretty hard to shove him in that left back against. Well, I don't even know what the, their full string will probably be really strong. So, um, but yeah, no, he can't hurt hurt the boy, and obviously, it's glad glad that he done well. Mm, yeah, uh, one moment of controversy on the stroke of half-time. Um, Andy Williams bundled the ball into the net at the near post before it was ruled out for handball. Now, it's hard to say, really, from where we were. He certainly didn't feel like it was the most wonderful time of the year when the referee gave that decision. I mean, have you had a view on it, Lewis? Do you think we possibly got away with one there? Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, looking at it, obviously, I only saw the replay on the uh, highlights on, on the Sky Sports app, but... Yeah, we may have. You've seen things like that given before, um, you know, given against us. So, yeah, it, we probably did get get away with it ever so slightly. But at the same time, you know, these things these things do happen, and a lot of the time they do tend to go against us. So, seeing something go our way is is not the end of the world at all. So, 
you know, overall, we probably were the better side. It wasn't quite as glamorous as the performance we put in against QPR um, by any means. Quite gritty to go up to Walsall and, and do that on a Tuesday. But I think the most important thing and all we'll really care about coming out of it is sounds like we got out of it fairly injury free. We saw some some players that are in and around the fringe of the squad play well and, and we're through to the next round. So, yeah, I, I think we we probably we scraped it, I'd, I'd say, but positive all in all. Yeah, so in terms of that draw then, I mean, we were all sat there with bated breath last night watching it, Nath. Um And I mean, it, it, there, there was a big groan when, when that, that tie came out. At least it's not too far north, I guess, this time in terms of Stevenage. But when you consider the likes of the Premier League giants that were in there, um, a bit disappointing. I mean, does progression in, in this cup mean a lot? I mean, at some point, we're going to get knocked out. Um, we're very unlikely to get to the semi-finals or the finals. So, would you, would you rather be knocked out in the third round by Man City, or would you, you know, rather go through to the fourth round, fifth round, and then be knocked out by by a Premier League team? Or, you know, we could still get knocked out by Stevenage as well. It's a, for me, I'd, I'd like to get that tie with the big boys just in the bag now, obviously, so we can enjoy it and then not have to worry about the cup for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, that's what I'd have preferred. <laughs> um, just. You know, just a day out. It's been a while since, obviously, we played, um, you know, a really good team. Granted, if we did have City, Spurs, Liverpool, you know, I was going there. And it's a free hit, you know. It's an absolute free hit. Um, on a Tuesday, London would have been nice. So, although, you know, we did get Stevenage, I'm glad it wasn't like a Morecambe away or something to go there on a Tuesday in November. Um, but, yeah, I, I would have preferred just to get a big team. Like you said, we're not going to go and win it. Um, but I mean if we beat Stevenage I don't know we might do I might have to email the Wembley Stadium again if they haven't replied to me because they probably won't um, but yeah I've, I'm, I'm rather rather a big team I'd like to just go to a stadium I ain't been to well I've been to the Spurs Stadium but I've not yeah. seen a game there but it would yeah. be nice have you emailed them before or? who Spurs yeah there's just a Spurs Stadium just out of interest no I've, I'm just, I've just curious to, if, if a stadium's ever emailed you back <laughs> Nah, I've walked around the stadium. I've walked around the top of the Spurs Stadium. Unbelievable view that is. Oh, yeah, but, um, good. yeah, and after the tour of the stadium, yeah, all my mates are Spurs, so um, unbelievable stadium that is. Tell you, Whew. yeah. Well, just not very good at sending emails. Right, let's hear what Ben Garner had to say uh, about the win in midweek. Then I uh, spoke to the Addicts boss after, uh, and these were his thoughts on that victory up at Walsall. Yeah, but I'm obviously pleased to get through, and uh, a number of pleasing aspects in there tonight. You know, first ninety minutes of the season for some of the players. And uh, obviously a few of the younger players getting opportunities and doing really well as well. So, um, yeah, pleasing evening. I thought Walsall were excellent. Made it a really, really tough game. Massive credit to them tonight. Uh, I thought Finney set them up brilliantly and it was it was a tough evening. So to, to get the minutes we wanted and to get through, really pleased. We saw in the last round against QPR that the competition is sort of no respecter of... Uh of league status and, and Walsall certainly gave you, your side a bit of a fright today yeah and rightly so that's the way it should be you know uh, we, we stood up to it and um, had good spells I thought start the first half really good start the second half very very good and then we showed good character uh, you know young Lucas Ness had cramped for the last 20 minutes and has gritted his teeth and got through it didn't need to do that sometimes in his career so um, really pleased both young fullbacks Lucas and, um, and Richard Chin tonight were both excellent so really happy for them and uh, yeah, Walsall were really good. It was a tough evening's work, but we're through to the next round. Yeah, we were just speaking to Aaron about how this competition does provide a bit of a pathway for the younger players. So the further you go in it, the better it is for the likes of Chin and Ness and, and Henry. Yeah, I mean, they've all trained with us regularly since, since pre-season. And uh, they're chomping at the bit for opportunities. And uh, obviously Aaron, Lucas and, uh, and Richard took those opportunities tonight and all did really well. They couldn't themselves well against, in my opinion, a really strong lead two side, particularly here. Uh, I think they'd be really, really good here. I don't think there'd be many teams this season in League Two that will come here and win games, and that's credit to them. You're also looking for your fringe players to to come in and make an impact, and I guess that's what DJ's done for you with that goal to start the second half. Yeah, I thought uh, he reacted really well to start the second half because I thought he could have played better. He's got more than that in the first half, and he responded and got a wonderful goal. Uh, I thought Jack Payne got stronger second half, and... Um, uh, and Jake Foster Kasky as well getting through 90 minutes. So credit to those players for how they've trained, how they've looked after themselves to become an, an impact the game to this evening. Too many thoughts on who you'd like in the next round. The draws tomorrow and then the game itself is in, until November. So yeah. hopefully you have some players back by then as well. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, listen, we, we, we probably like every League 1 and League 2 club. We want as big a draw as possible. We'd love to get a Premier League team, preferably at home um, or, or, or a London club away. That would be great. But we, we have to just accept who we get and, and look forward to it no matter what. 
pretty hardy bunch who made the way up on Tuesday night. Pretty short notice as well, 360 odd. That was a excellent support from them. Really good, and uh, I think hopefully we showed that at the end our appreciation and um, no fantastic to come here on a on a Tuesday night with a slightly earlier kickoff as well and uh, uh, and doing that journey. Credit to every single one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers there. And it's John. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. The absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlotte have scored. With seconds remaining. We've done it all. Guess it. Come on. What a time to be here. Here at Wembley. Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Uh, just been uh, ticking off that uh, win over Walsall in the League Cup. We heard for, from Ben Garner uh, shortly before uh, the break there. One, one thing you can't hear in, <laughs> in, in the interview, obviously because it's a podcast and not a video, and I don't know if anyone has watched the video uh, of the interview, is that about... 15 seconds into the interview and there for a, a solid four minutes a fly landed right in the middle of his head and he didn't notice and I had to sit there and desperately not try to laugh because it was incredibly funny uh, and eventually, eventually he swatted it away literally about four minutes into the interview uh, so yeah anyone anyone who's uh, got Charlton TV and can watch the interview on, on camera have a, look, have a little look for that fly and just see if it makes you laugh because it certainly uh, did make uh, me laugh now one of the things I did ask Ben uh, about during uh, that interview which wasn't in that clip but is in this clip is of course the injury uh, to Corey Blackett-Taylor. Uh, we knew he went down with that heavy challenge, didn't he, against Cambridge uh, and uh, was missing uh, after that. And uh, so we uh, were curious as to how he got on with his scan that he'd had on the Monday. Uh, and Ben Garner fed to me that actually it was a little bit of good news. Yeah, Corey's, that was really good news on his scan. It's just bruising to his knees, so there's no structural damage. Um, so uh, it, it, it won't be long, um, but we, we're getting back as quickly as he can. Just literally a case of letting the swelling go down and, and recover it and then we're getting back as soon as we can. So we're looking at weeks rather than like months? Yeah, uh, no, you know, days, weeks, not not a long one at all. There we go. So, I mean, a- excellent news, Lewis, that, that Corey's not out because we, we, we have started to feel the brunt of this little injury crisis already, haven't we? Like success and, and McGrandles are going to be out for a while. Obviously, Chucks is, is extending. So, as we saw on, on Saturday, it does just show to highlight where we are still a little bit short in certain areas. So the fact that one of our better players in, in Corey Blackett-Taylor isn't injured, uh, it, honestly, it felt like we've won the lottery when I heard that news. Oh, yeah, 100%, especially given how important Corey is to the side as well. You know, so creative, so dangerous on, on the wing as well. Um yeah, I was I was very happy to see that news because I did, you know, when he went off, I I was quite worried. He, he did go off fairly sheepishly; he could barely walk. I think he was being helped down the tunnel um, at that Cambridge game. So, yeah, good good news to see that he's going to be sort of fighting fit again. Um, but yeah, as you say, it does it highlights that we're still we're still slightly short. I mean, on paper, you look at the squad and you think you probably could just about scrape it, but that doesn't take into account the injuries. And sadly, our injury record over the years has been fairly atrocious. And you know, we've we've over-reliance on players that maybe haven't played full regular seasons like Corey. I mean, he came into us last season and, and sort of played a handful of games and, and played very well, but hadn't had much football before then. So it will take its toll on some of these players. Um, 
So we do. We I think we do need to we need to strengthen further in the market. I know it's been for, said that we've got our sort of key areas being probably being a centre half at the moment, but I don't think that's it. I think we need to strengthen further forward. I still think we need a striker, regardless of of maybe us it not being top of the list. Um, and yeah, out wide for people like Corey and Charlie Kirk and people like that. As soon as you start getting up a, a couple injured, we are running very short, and then you start be, becoming over reliant on young players like. Miles Lieber and like Dickie Chin, like Charles Claydon, you know, all these all these players are going to be relied on too early and, and we end up blooding them too early. And we've seen that have negative effects before. So we've obviously seen a, a bit about some outgoings potentially um, this this week. So that might free up some space for, for some investment in other areas. But that remains to be seen. Mm, yeah, the other, the other good news, I mean, Charles Claydon wasn't in the squad at Walsall, but it was he was just being rested uh, ben Garner said after his uh, excerpts in his last uh, it was a couple of league games he's been involved with now and played uh, pretty well, particularly against uh, Plymouth last week. Uh, Nathan, that uh, 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 it just occurred to me, Nathan, that you don't you don't know that we call him Dickie Chin. Um, so you obviously weren't at the Papa John's game at Leighton Orient last season where he got nicknamed that. But that's don't you think that's a great nickname? It all started in in the the Hardy bunch that went to to Leighton Orient last season. It's just sort of stuck. <laughs> yeah, I've just uh, just the two words together just. Um... Just brings me joy, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd call him Richie. But yeah, is that, no, I... is, that <laughs> is that is that an indication? Like you like those two words? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to dig into when you like those two words together. Actually, but um, <laughs> yeah, excellent. Right, uh, the, the, we should touch on, uh, of course. I mean, uh, the, the score of that goal against Walsall, uh, Richard Corley has linked him uh, with, with two other clubs in League One. Actually, Milton Keynes, Lincoln City. Um, potential out for Alex Gilby. I mean, if someone was heavily reporting he was going to Lincoln over the weekend, uh, although that someone has, has backtracked uh, somewhat now, and, and Richard's saying that uh, Lincoln are, are keen on him, uh, but the uh, the midfielder wants to stay close to home, so the, the journo, uh, or, or whoever he is up at that end, doesn't seem to have the full story on that one. Um, uh, also keen to move on Macker and, and Forster Kasky as well, which is a bit of a surprise. I mean, we know we need outs, Nathan. Um, start off with DJ. I mean, I was really... Sort of blowing his trumpet to, to uh, back end of the season he joined, and then obviously in that preseason before last year, I thought I wanted him to go and have a good season, but I don't think he has now. And I just wonder if he was to be moved on in order to make room for replacements or improvements to the squad, w- would you be concerned? I mean, have we got enough movement in that position, enough sort of leeway in that position to move him on? Well, I think it, I think. Um... I don't think Ben would be letting them go unless there's some sort of movement of players coming in because we're short enough as it is. So if anyone goes out the door um, and we don't bring anyone in, it makes us even worse off. So um, in terms of DJ, would I be upset? I'll be I'll be disappointed in for, for DJ because you know when he joined, you know I, I was hoping he'd done well, but he just hasn't really. He's not really had a consistent run of games. Last year he was playing wing back. Um, and I don't really know what his game is, you know. Like I don't really see him beat players, and I know he's had a couple of assists and goals here and there, but he's he doesn't get me off my seat, you know. If you look at him and Jez, they're two different players. I know they're two different styles, but he's very he's not. I mean, slow doesn't do him justice. Like as in when when he's on the ball, he's, he's quite measured and, and and like that. I always remember the game we won up at Sunderland under Nigel Atkins. I remember he played superbly, you know, and, and he did have the beating of his man, he, albeit sometimes he cut back in. But you know, he was unlucky not to set up a, a goal for Jaden Stockley that day, and that's what I wanted to see a bit more from him, like um, involved in taking it beyond the man and getting his crosses in. But he, he, his final delivery probably hasn't been good enough since since he's been at the club, and um, you know, certainly doesn't score many goals. That's why it was a nice surprise when he get, did get one on, on Tuesday, Lewis. But again, I mean, is that a player that you're desperate to keep hold of? I guess it does does. Depend on on who you replace him with. Well, that's it. Yeah, you know, I think in terms of if he was to go, I think we have got better options in that area. But I think we shouldn't really be looking at offloading too many people at the moment because we're talking about strengthening without taking the likes of DJ and uh, Jake and Gilby out of the out of the equation. So if he is going to go, you'd like to think it will be for a for a fee, um, which would hopefully bringing a profit from what we paid for him. I don't know what we paid for him back in in January of 2020, but uh, or 21, whatever it was. Um, so uh, you know, it, I think it would need to be good business for the for the football club. And and if we do get it in, I'd like to see it reinvested into the playing squad um, and bring in an option uh, 
in that area that's stronger and will push competition for the likes of Charlie Kirk and the likes of Corey. Um, but at the moment, obviously, we seem to be sort of dealing in the free market. Whether that changes if we if we get any player sales uh, between now and the end of the window with the likes of DJ or, or Jake, um, then then maybe we'll see some some fees spent. But at the moment, I mean, any outgoings, I wouldn't really welcome any of them unless we were seeing people come in. Yeah, I mean, does, I mean, would would that include Alex Gilby then for you, Lewis? I mean, uh, you know, linked heavily again. That that's an area of the pitch. Certainly, we are overstocked. I mean, Jake Forstakaski's name mentioned in there as well, Lewis. Would would you be happy to see those two go? If again, if we replace, I, I don't think I'd like to lose both. Um, I think I'd be more more inclined for Gilby to go than Jake because I think Jake on his day uh, and when fit is probably one of the best midfielders in League One. But obviously, the the risk with Jake is his injury record, but. I think when he does play, he is more effective than Gilby. I don't think we've seen the best of Alex Gilby in his time here. I think he really struggled initially under Bowyer, and then he was a little bit revitalised under Nigel at the back end of uh, that first season he was here, and then never really got going. We saw like a handful of half-decent performances, um, but nowhere nowhere near enough. And I think Gilby would know that. I think I think he'd, he'd appreciate that he, it's not really been to the levels we expected. Um and with Jake, I feel a bit sorry for him because I think without the injury record, he would have had a very successful career here. And I still think he probably deserves a chance. Um, but at the moment, you know, you're, there's a midfield of of Albie Morgan, uh, George Dobson, Scott Fraser, who who are playing really well together. So it's very difficult for him to get in. So it, it if I had to lose, I'd rather not lose both. And if we were to lose one, I'd rather it be Gilby. But then Jake does need to show that fight to try and get back in that side. And at the moment, I think the midfield three have performed so well in these opening games. It's, it's proving very difficult. And it would just depend if on if Jake, now he's fit, wants to go and get regular football somewhere else. All right, let's have a look at some of the messages uh, that have come in. Addicts Blinder says, how much do you think we will get for DJ Gilby and Jake Forstakaski? Uh, who can we realistically bring in to add to the squad? I think we definitely need another striker and centre-back before the transfer window uh, shuts. I mean, uh, you never know sort of values of how much we're going to get for certain players. You never know. It might just be a case of we'll be happy to let them go if we can get them off the wage book in order to move things around now. If I guess those, those questions will remain unanswered uh, at this moment in time. But... Uh, in in terms of an actual replacement, I mean, there's there's names that get floated about, but you, it's hard to suggest who who you'd like to bring into the squad because you don't really know what their availability is and what our budget. I mean, so people have spoken about strikers, people have spoken about Cole Stockton. I mean, he's not necessarily a striker that seems to be getting a lot of attention from big clubs. I'll put it that way. So, I mean, is, is he one you're desperate for, Nath? Uh, I don't know. It depends how much they're wanting. You know, I mean, if you look at those three, I mean, the only saleable asset you got there is probably DJ. You know, JFC isn't, uh, Jake isn't going to command a fee, but who's going to pay for someone who's just come back from injury? So I think it's a hard one, really. And in terms of who I'd want, you don't, again, we don't, I don't know what our budget is. I don't know, you know, what we've got left. I don't know, you know, who's available. So I'm just going to keep looking at Dickie Cooley's um, tweets and see if, um, he, <laughs> if he gives us any sort of light on anything, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, Ben Garner certainly made it clear that he doesn't have transfer um fees to spend you said that last week when asked about Harry McCurdy so I think it will be more about moving money around so that there's wages available for us to go for right Stuart said uh, it's all about building belief in how we want to play and gaining confidence to play uh, how Ben Garner wants it uh, to be played talking about that win at Walsall in midweek uh, we had a, a message from Reg uh, as well says uh, it's going to be taking the good lady wife uh, Mrs Reg uh, to Wickham uh, on Saturday. Um, one, one complaint from Reg, he says that Wickham are no longer doing programmes. No physical souvenir to add to the pile. What fresh lunacy uh, is this? Apparently paper programmes scrapped last year uh, as Wickham Wanderers make, make a move to go paper-free. Uh, imagine Mrs Reg's consternation when I formed her of this. No programme. The fact we'll even have to go uh, before and uh, <laughs> pick up our own entries, right? Very funny, um, but yeah, it is, uh, it is a shame to see a, a club not doing programmes. If that's the case, Lewis. Yeah, it's part of a tradition, isn't it? I think it'd be interesting to see what program sales were now, but um, I think for a lot of people, it it's a souvenir, isn't it? People have big collections of it. I know I've got a huge box of Charlton programs from from when I was younger in my loft. So some, it's yeah, it's sad sad to see it, I suppose. But people are going paper free now, so one of those things, I think. 
Lovely stuff. Right, we had a couple of emails in the week as well after the Cambridge game. Steve says, uh, evening guys, uh, having watched Charlton so far this season, I'm still not convinced yet uh, that success uh, for this season is on. Of course, it's early days, but did anyone else find Charlton's approach uh, to Saturday's game against uh, Cambridge so laborious? Uh, we never know what, which Charlton are going to turn up. A 140-mile round trip uh, made it even more disappointing. I can see the aim uh, and the progress being made, but we still need to sort the back four out as well. It just makes me so uh, nervous. I mean, it's still very early days, and we have seen that that 5-1 win against Plymouth, which suggested everything had come together, but we were sort of stopped in our tracks a bit against Cambridge, Nath. Uh, it is probably still too early to make a real assessment of where we're going to be, even if I did get slightly carried away after the Plymouth game. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us did, to be fair, mate. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too concerned. Yeah, I think the Saturday was a bit of a. Obviously, it was sad that you know, the, you know, the the, you know, the the contributor obviously put put in the miles to get there and wasn't it wasn't the game that similar to Tuesday. But I think a lot of credit has to go to um, Cambridge, which I think me and Tell said on Sunday's show. But I just think you're going to have inconsistencies at the moment. I think if you look at last year in terms of our style and where we are now, so early in the season. You can definitely see there's improvement, and I can think you can only get better. You know, they're still building relationship, they're still learning how each how each other play. So I'm not too concerned yet. My main concern at the moment is the depth at the moment, um, which we've always touched upon, just in case we do get any more injuries or suspensions, especially around Christmas or whenever. Mm, right, John Baker also emailed during the week saying, I don't go to football matches just to see the back four pass the ball across the pitch for minutes at a time. It's sheer lazy thinking by the players and no support uh, for the strikers. We need dramatic uh, improvement. I mean, obviously that that style that Ben Garner wants to implement will involve a fair bit of passing it around um, before trying to find those openings. Uh, and Ben did say himself that, uh, that the fans may have to be quite patient said that himself after that pre-season game against Swansea. So clearly... Uh, some uh, some more work to win John over uh, at this moment in time. Now, Nathan uh, mentioned depth in the squad. Well, one player who's looking to try and add a bit of that, of course, is Aaron Henry. Uh, scored that spectacular goal against QPR in the League Cup earlier on in the season. And he uh, started the game against Walsall uh, in midweek. And he'll be hoping uh, to try and uh, improve the amount of minutes he gets in the league uh, this season uh, as well. Well, me and Terry spoke to him up at the Poundland Stadium on Tuesday. He said he was pleased to be in the hat for the next round. Yeah, we all are, to be fair. I think we started the game really well, first 10, 15 minutes. We sort of dropped off towards the last end of the first half, so the gaffer said to us at half-time that we need to be better, and I think we showcased that in the second half, and DJ, fair play to him, was a great great goal, so we're really pleased. Game you was expecting, really, from, from a Warsaw side? I mean, we uh, we turned over a QPR side, a division above, so you knew it was going to be a tough game when you came in today. Yeah, 100%. We, we, like, we knew what to expect, uh, like a physical side and things like that, so... We knew what, what to expect and I think we we cope well in the second half especially. So we just cramping up a little bit at the end, so it was a bit tough out there physically. Are you OK? Yeah, yeah I feel all right. Just, just cramping the calf. A bit frustrating really. I wanted, I wanted to get through 90, but it is what it is at the end of the day. Um, chances were going to be few and far between clear-cut chances in a very, fairly scrappy game, has to be said. A uh, couple of free kicks, um, just on the wrong side for you though. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I asked Cask if I could have it, but to be fair, it's, that's more of a left footer, so... It was a good effort, so I've got no complaints about that. But more minutes on the pitch for you and uh, an opportunity that uh, Ben Garner's given you that, uh, that you've grabbed? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful, obviously. I just want to try and take as many opportunities as I get, so if I keep getting the minutes, hopefully I'll keep playing well. And any uh, any um, preference on who you might pick up in the next round? Or just any, any Premier League team. Uh, I'd love to like, have the chance to play against some of the top players, so hopefully we'll see. Well, congratulations on tonight. Thank you very much. I guess progression in this competition is important for players like yourself because it means you can get those minutes on the pitch to try and show Ben what you can do in the first team. Yeah, exactly. Like I just said, like, I want to try and take every opportunity that I can so the more games that I've got, the better. Obviously, the last round you sort of made a name for yourself, but are you looking to try and show enough in these games to show that you can you can feature more week in, week out in, in the first team? Yeah, exactly that. Obviously, these are the type of games where players come in and it's, it's their chance to show that they should be starting in the league. And it's the same for me. So if I, uh, I want to keep playing well and hopefully get a chance in the league. So you had your loan spells out last year. Is it this year that you're really hoping that you're going to make an, a, a bit of a, a go of it here at Charlton and, and get more minutes? Yeah, definitely. I think I progressed really well on loan last year. So I'm looking at this season as a chance to try and yeah, force my way in the team and to be fair, the team's doing really well, so it's going to be tough, but I'm, I'm, but I'm willing to do it. Is that something that, sort of, at this stage of your career, you set a, a, like a, a games target or something in your mind? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, 
especially off the back of last season, the loan, I want to play as many games as possible. And if I get given opportunities, I'll, I'll do my best to try and take them. It's quite a well, well-stocked midfielder that, that Charlton have. It's probably the best the, the best stocked place we have in, in the squad. So there is a lot of competition you have to try and get yourself ahead of. Yeah, definitely. There's some there's some great players in midfield. And it's also really good for me to learn off some real good experienced pros. The likes of Dobbo like, can learn off him when I'm watching him. So it's a good position to be in and hopefully I'll get as many chances as I want. And have you found working with Ben? Obviously, as a, co- as a coach, he's worked at a lot of big clubs, but he's also, um, you know, well-renowned, I'd guess, to say in the game. What have you found that you've learned from him that's different from, from those you've worked with before? He's been really good, to be fair. I think all the boys are on the same page with him. He's, he's honest and he, like, he, tell, he makes it clear what he wants from you. And I think that's when you just want to give it to him and, and try and do your best. So he's been really good with me. He, he tells me what I need to do better. He tells me when I do well. So, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I feel like we're in a good, real good position. There we go, Aaron Henry uh, speaking to myself and Terry after the game on, on Tuesday. Um, and is, is he one? Again, I asked him right at the end there about how how well-stocked that midfield is at the moment, Lewis. So, I mean, is he one you can see making a big impact this season or certainly get, getting those minutes that he wants to see? I'd, I'd like to see him, yeah. I think he's definitely the one that I think I've probably earmarked as... We seem to have like a breakthrough one every year and I know Miles is obviously sort of breaking through already, but... I think Aaron Henry, for me, has shown so much quality pre-season and, and when he's come into games, the QPR goal obviously was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I think there's always been a lot said about him, like even in the academy games and, and coming through the age groups. It's, it's a name that sort of stuck out. Obviously, very good sort of dead ball delivery, good passer of the ball, scores absolute worldies um, consistently. Um, and yeah, I think it's somebody I would like to see given a chance to be in and around the first team. And I think that a manager like Ben is, is going to give youth a chance if they work hard at it. We're seeing the benefits of it with Miles at the moment and there's no reason why um, why Aaron Henry can't can't be in that mould. So, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I definitely don't want to see him leave the club on a loan or anything. I think he could be, he should be in and around it. I think he's been very good and he's impressed me when he has played. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, it'd be great if he, if he broke through this season and, and managed to get some first team minutes for us. And mm-hmm. I think he deserves it. I think he's been outstanding so far. Yeah, Nate, what do you think are like the attributes that he can bring to the side? I mean, is there something he has that, that someone else in that midfield doesn't really fulfil at this moment in time? Uh, dead balls. Uh, dead balls is one. Um, I think he fits into Ben's system well in terms of his technicality. I think, obviously, his physicality attributes need to increase, but he's only going to get that by games. Um, I'd like him to see him around the squad, uh, you know, un- under the proviso that he's going to get games. If not, I do, I'd rather him get some minutes like regular minutes. He went out to Wildstone last year, but um, I think he needs games. So if he's going to, you know, stay with us and only get 15 sub appearances, that's fine. But I just find that a bit of a waste of a year for him um, in his development. Um, but if he can get some, you know, some, get some starts, even if it's 10 starts, you know, it's an improvement. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of the attributes, yeah, tec- technical ability, um, his composure and he's always got that eye for a pass as well which I think sometimes you need if you're trying to unlock defences like we had against Cambridge where they're quite deep and, and you need that little bit of nous in the middle of the pitch Still only 18 years old as well he's another one of those players that feels like he's been around for a long time because he was sort of rushed in um, he made his debut in January 2020 in that FA Cup game against uh, West Brom you'll remember when we had that massive injury crisis when we were in the Championship um, yeah so still only 18 years old he was uh, was he had even turned twenty? He even turned um, seven. It was seventeen, I think, when he made that appearance, which is absolutely remarkable. Uh, when you think about it, it might have even been sixteen. So uh, yeah, still uh, still plenty of time for him to develop as well. Now on Sunday, uh, the Charlton women's team are at home to London City Lionesses. Uh, it's a four thirty kickoff at the Oakwood. It's their first home game of the season, fresh off the back of their opening day win uh, down at Southampton uh, last weekend. Now Beth Ray was kind enough to speak to Andrea at the club uh, just to give us a little bit of a preview of that game with London City Lionesses and starts off uh, with her reiterating how pleased she was to get that opening day win uh, down at Southampton. I think it was definitely a good start for us to get off to with two goals and a clean sheet. Um, was it our best performance? Probably not, but it's the first game of the season, so to get off to that start um, is something we can only build on um, and take the improvements and go forward with it. And obviously, 2,400 there at St Mary's on Saturday, very impressive attendance. What kind of impact do you think the Lionesses had on that and on football in general and, of course, trying to emulate high numbers at the Oakwood as well? I think what the Lionesses and what they've done is incredible. Um, I think you've seen this year with the stadiums, how they've sold out. That's unheard of. 
Um, and I think with that comes the televisation of the women's game and the promotion of it. And I think that is just being driven forwards. Um, and is something that little kids now growing up, they're able to see and be like, oh, I can do that. I can be that person. And I think that's huge. That gives people role models to look for. Um, and seeing the fans at the stadium on the weekend was incredible. Uh, for a team that's just come up as well, then kudos to them and what they've done. And hopefully then we can take that and continue growing that and go, pushing that forward. And obviously looking at next weekend's game against, uh, last weekend's game, I should say, sorry, against London City, another tough team coming up against everyone, you know, in this league is a tough test. Uh, how do you think the preparation has gone towards that one? Oh, definitely. We've taken some of the things that we need to work on from the weekend and putting them into practice this week. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's a derby. It's a, like, we all have a derby. Um, but of course, we want to get the three points. So it's what we're going to focus on. But Lioness is going to turn up with game plan and so are we so we've just got to go in it believe in what we're going to put on the pitch and yeah go from there really and kind of what's your message to get Charlton fans down to the Oakwood on Sunday and, and really back this side I think come and be our 12th man like, we need that um, like the atmosphere we had against West Ham in pre-season was incredible like to see all those fans there and some of them it was their first time I'm mean, gonna get down like come see what we're about meet us after the game um, and just enjoy it really it's, it'll be nice for a day out to come watch us lovely stuff great to hear from uh, beth there um yeah so the addicts kicking off their home campaign this sunday 4 30 kickoff uh, down at the oakwood make sure you get down there uh it should be a, a good day and a good derby against the london city uh, lionesses lots of new players to bed in uh, for the addicts of course and uh, as, as we said a great start down at southampton uh, hopefully something to build upon so get yourselves down there uh, and uh, support the girls. Right, let's turn our attention uh, to Saturday's trip to Wickham Wanderers. Um, if you haven't seen their three goals that they scored uh, last week at Barnsley, get on Google now and have a look because they they were scoring nothing but weldies last weekend, especially the, the middle one from Gape, uh, which was from pretty much near the halfway line, a, a remarkable chip. So have a look at those. But yeah, they haven't had the greatest of starts uh, to the season, uh, but that that win against Barnsley's probably given them a bit of a pick up. Now I spoke to Phil Catchpole from the Ring in the Blues pod uh, during the week uh, and asked him after they reached the playoffs uh, last season, how high are the expectations at Adams Park this year? Uh, well, high. Um, um, I think after that season last season, eighty three points across the season uh, and just about snaked in the playoffs on the final day. I think most seasons eighty three points probably gets you up automatically. Um, so to get to the final as well and beat a very impressive MK Dons in the semis over two legs uh, and then not really turn up on the final was disappointing, um, which kind of sounds nuts, you know, with the relative histories of Wickham Wanderers and Sunderland. We left very dejected and disappointed uh, not to be in the championship. Um, our chairman has set, um, he expects automatic promotion, which I think is a very bullish claim in this division. It's a tough league, um, but it's a settled squad. Um, we've lost a couple. We've lost Stockdale and we lost Anthony Stewart. Um, Akin Fenwa, although limited pitch time, was a huge character and a big influence around the place. Um, so there were three big departures. And with the window still open, um, I still think there's business to do at Wickham Wanderers. But, um, and we've had a, a pretty slow start as well, which um, with the short summer, and then we're perhaps a couple of weeks behind the other teams in terms of pre-season because of that playoff final. Uh, but we haven't quite got going yet. But that game at Barnsley... Seems to be a bit of a springboard, hopefully. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, when when Wickham last went up to the championship, it was it was a remarkable story. Like the a lot of people saying the smallest club ever to to go up to that level. But now that you've had that experience, does that change the mindset of the club that you, you're not battling above your station anymore? You are sort of where you belong if you can get up there now. Absolutely. I mean, the the big the big uh, heartbreaking point of the championship was it was during the COVID season, so. Uh, a lot of our fans, especially the older fans who were, who were there in the Isthmian League days, who would have seen us going, you know, to places, you know, like Walthamstow Avenue and, and, and Dulwich Hamlet and things like that. Um, they missed all those away days to those big old clubs in the championship. So there's there's a real kind of like romantic um, uh, urge to get back so the fans can go and experience it in the flesh. Um, but also when we did go up, we didn't really spend any money. Um, so the TV money and everything else that comes of being in the second tier was kind of put into the infrastructure and, and, and sorting out things off the pitch and, and developing the training ground a bit and, and starting a, a development squad and, and investing in the playing side, which is a sort of a long-term strategy to, be, to becoming a, what our chairman believes is a sustainable championship club. 
when he bought the club, he said he wanted to get Wickham into the championship. There was a few wry smiles amongst the fan base. And then about three, four months later, we'd done it, um, which I think was probably ahead of the curve from where the Cooings, who own Wickham, or the majority owners of Wickham, um, probably had it. But yeah, there we are. But um, the desire is to get back, definitely. And um, and albeit, I think the large majority of our fan base expects it now. We've probably got the best squad we've ever had in our history. Um, you know, to have someone like Sam Vokes playing up front for us. Um, I think when he signed, a lot of our fans were scratching their heads thinking, how have we managed this? Uh, we've got Alfie Mawson back now as well, who, you know, was commanding upwards of £15 million transfer fees. He's had a, a bad time of injuries, but he's come back in and he's looking great. So I think like what you guys will probably be saying as well, if we can have a decent run of injuries, uh, keep it injury free for the majority of the season, then we would expect to be up there. Mm. Uh, now, the managerial merry-go-round is something that frustrates a lot of um, a lot of football supporters. They feel like their their, their bosses never get given a chance. It's, that's not what happens at Adams Park. I mean, how long Gareth Sainz has been over, over five hundred games in charge of the chair boys? I mean, it's a remarkable job, and, and he still seems to be as hungry as ever for success. Yeah, it's over ten years now that Gaz has been at the helm. So, uh, uh, yeah, the honeymoon period is officially over. I think we can say that now. Um, He's he's managed this club through um, thick and thin, uh, largely thin, uh, with no money when we were owned uh, by the fans and it was a very tight budget. And, you know, he was buying gold nets off Amazon to do up the training ground. He was painting the dressing rooms himself with, with his other coaches. Um, those days are gone. But now with a bit more budget and a bit more expectation comes with, with money, it's a different thing for him to get used to. And this is, his, I think, his second season now of, of high expectation management. Normally at Wickham, it would be try and stay in the division and anything above that is a bonus. Um, and now it's uh, top six. That was the expectation last season. He delivered it. Um, I think top six for the fans is probably the expectation this season. And that comes with a lot of pressure because there's, I think, nine teams, including yourselves in this division, who've played in the top flight in recent years. Um, so it's a tough division. Um, but Wickham, I think, you know, once they get through this transfer window and get settled down, get some of the bigger players back from injury, I think on paper we've got a really good shot at it. Mm. And I mean, looking ahead to to the game at Adams Park, then uh, you, you did the double over us last season. Um, how how do you see this one going? And you know, I, I mentioned like you, you scored three absolute world worldy goals against Barnsley last week. You must be coming into it with a a little bit of confidence now as well. Yeah, it's been a really tough start to the season. We beat Burton Albion on the opening day of the season, which uh, the previous games has kind of taken a gloss off that somewhat because they don't seem to be at the races yet. Um, and we've had some fairly tough defeats. We had a run of three defeats in the league going into that Barnsley game. And uh, our fan base was kind of having a, a bit of a minor meltdown about that. Um, but the Barnsley game, um, I think a lot of us were going into that thinking, well, you know, we'll take a point. That'll be good. And then um, kind of blew them away, really. Um, yeah, three wonderful strikes. Um, but I think the clean sheet was just as important as that sort of 45-yard goal from Dominic Gate because we'd, set, we'd let a lot of goals in through, um, mainly through set pieces, which is very un-Wickham-like. And a lot of the opposition fans were saying, you know, we've out-Wickhamed Wickham and sort of, sort of quite enjoying that, um, which we weren't, obviously. Um, we got a new keeper. He made his debut against um, Barnsley uh, from Scotland, uh, Max Striek. He had a really good game made a big difference. So, yeah, I think the fact that we kept a shutout and we and, and we scored three wonderful goals will give us uh, a bit of a bounce. I think the League Cup tie is a bit of a distraction. We'll play a much-changed team and give some of our younger development players a chance to impress, like they did in the first round. Um, but I imagine it's a fairly settled team going in. We'll be looking at the likes of Sam Vokes, fingers crossed he can pass a fitness test, and Ryan Tapazoli at the back. Two huge players for Wickham, I think, would walk into most League One teams uh, this season. Um, once they're back, um, I can see good things happening for Wickham. But against Charlton, you know, we lost to Shrewsbury at home last time out in the league. Um, and that was a disappointing day for Wickham. We got we got absolutely mugged on that game. Smash and grab, like we used to do many years ago to other teams. So we'll be looking to put that right. Um, but we know Charlton's going to be a tough test. We're expecting a, a full away end and a, a really good atmosphere and a good day at Adams Park. Hopefully a great game. And I have to say this, I hope Wickham win. There you go. Great to speak to Phil. A good friend of the of the show as well. Um, Lewis, yeah, Wickham, we struggled against them last year. Done the double over us. You know, they, they got to the playoffs. They're, they're absolutely no mugs with this 
strange expectation levels around the place now considering where they've come from over the years but now they've had that taste of the championship the fans uh, will want to be get, getting back up there especially as they followed it up with another playoff campaign a great job that, that Gareth Ainsworth has done there um, and again it'll be another really intriguing one for us because I found that when we went to Sheffield Wednesday I, I didn't really know how we would approach a game against a team that is expected to be up there and, and you know we we allowed ourselves to control possession for a long time at Hillsborough so it'd be interesting to see if we can again do that against a, a Wickham team that will certainly be a bit more physical than say the Plymouth team that, that we you know took, took, took the uh, the wee wee out of uh, the valley a couple of weeks ago yeah I think it's going to be a tough test I think it'd be interesting to see how we cope against a side that play pretty much the polar opposite style of football to how Bengana does um you know they've got some very decent players I remember last season they they tore us apart Adams part uh, Gareth McCleary just absolutely killed us he's obviously a very good player for them um dumped recruited well in the summer got Alfie Mawson in who's obviously played in the Premier League with Swansea and, and it was at Fulham and yeah they're, they're a side that as you say, their expectation um, levels are completely shifted. Now they've had that taste of the championship. They are fancied to be up there. Um, you can't help but really like Gareth Ainsworth and, and his character. So they're quite a popular club to be in and around it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough test. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how far we've come from last season because I think that's one of the lowest points last season going up there and getting torn to pieces by Wickham. But um, yeah, obviously beat Barnsley. Last weekend, three 0 away from home. You know, Barnsley, a team that have come down as well. You think they'd be someone that would be fancied to be up there as well on a promotion rival. So, yeah, they're looking looking strong again. Um, we're going to have to be be at it and be at the races. But you know, I think I think we'll, we're in a much better place than we were when we played them last season at, at Adams Park. So, yeah, I'm really really excited to see how we get on uh, and how we cope. Yeah, it will be a really interesting one. Now, I did ask Ben Garner on Tuesday just to have a quick look ahead uh, to that trip to Adams Park and the Addicts boss wants to see a repeat of the metal shown at Walsall uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I thought we showed that today, second half. Um, we spoke yesterday. We, we, it's, a, it's a good week. We're looking forward to this week. You know, a cup game away from home to get in the third round. Brilliant, we've done that. And now we look ahead to, to an away game at Wickham. We're looking forward to it. We want to go there and... Uh, and get three points. We want to get that first away win on the board as quickly as we can. Hopefully, we can do that Saturday. We saw in arguably one of the better performances this, of the season up at Sheffield Wednesday that if you can control the ball in the early early part of the game as well, that yeah. can give you a real foothold in that game. Yeah, I think that uh, was a really good performance. Um, we've been, listen, we could play those two games, Accrington away, Sheffield Wednesday away, in exactly the same way. We do well to take one point again. Um, and if we keep that consistency of performance away from home, we will get wins and we will get points. That's what our focus has got to be. Um, and they're in a good place. They're in a good place. The group, hopefully, we can get one or two back in now from injury and strengthen the squad up a little bit more. It's been a slightly slow start for Wickham. That superb win up at Barnsley the other day. Yeah. All goals from outside the area as well. So I'm sure you'll be paying attention. But do you expect them to yeah. be up there again this year? Yeah, they're always strong under, under Gareth. He's done a brilliant job there. And I think it's a great example of what a club can do if you allow a manager time and allow a manager to build a really strong culture at a football club. And he's done that brilliantly. Um, I actually watched them play against Shrewsbury today on the, on the way up on the coach and they were excellent and they actually lost 2-1 but they were excellent they really were in the home game so uh, it will definitely be a tough game we're going to have to go there uh, we know we have to fight we know we have to battle but we'll also have to play with a lot of intelligence as well yeah uh, after the, the last home game Nathan do we need a little dare I say a little bit of a pick me up we were a bit frustrated against Cambridge weren't we and it's not been a bad start to the season at all but that was probably the first that I've been to, especially frustrating performance. Like obviously the Derby first half was was dreadful, but second half we came out and played. Um, you know, we we were we played well at Hillsborough and lost. We we battered Plymouth, and then yeah, I, I was a bit. It was a bit flat Saturday, so we don't really want that to linger around for too long. No, I think I think we've got we're still going to have to be patient on. Um... On Saturday, I, think I remember them coming to the Valley last year and it was probably one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched um, in terms of, you know, they were slowing the game down. And, and to be honest, it, they're a different ball game because they have so much experience. that Their game management is unbelievable. Um, and we're, it wouldn't surprise me if we have a lot of, you know, the possession. I think they'll let us have it and then they'll just be more direct. 
Um, as Lewis has already said, to be more direct and they'll they'll put it on our toes and probably play the territorial game. But we just need to be patient, keep the ball and then wait for those chances. I can't see loads of goals in it. But yeah, Saturday was disappointing, but we're going to get those games. It's not going to be as much as we'd like to have a Plymouth every week, like a performance like that. It's not going to happen. And we've just got to be patient, mate, and and be really on our game because they're a clever side, like a really I like to think like an old-fashioned side, you know, really clever, really the dark arts and all that sort of stuff. So it's going to be a test for them, especially for the younger players. And we just got to keep our, you know, first and foremost, match them physically. Otherwise, we'll get trounced. And then secondly, just be patient and then just keep playing the way that we want to play. And we'll keep getting results, I'm sure of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a bit of a headache in the defence for... Ben Garner, it seems to be between Ryan Innes and Sam Lavelle who've been switching and chopping and changing the last couple of games. Obviously, Ryan Innes, we know he's not going to play every every midweek game as well as on the Saturday. But which way do you see that going um, this weekend, Lewis? Do you have a, do you have a preference? Are you ignoring fitness in terms of Lavelle and Innes? Is, is there one, based on what you've seen so far this season, you'd prefer to start a game at Warsaw? Obviously, Lavelle scored there last year, which shouldn't necessarily uh, go, come into your thinking, but it's just a point as well. It's a really difficult one because I think I think they both bring something different. Obviously, Ryan's aerial presence can't be ignored. Like, um, you know, he's he's a real danger in set pieces and a man mountain, and probably that will be a real strength coming up against a side like like Wickham. They're going to play that long direct football, um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Ryan slot back in there. Um, but I didn't think he had his best game against Cambridge, especially second half. I thought he he struggled a little bit it was probably at fault not solely for the goal but you know sort of travelled out with a ball and was dispossessed and and ended up you know conceding from that run of play and he had a bit of like a funny sort of 10 minutes 10 15 minutes where he just looked completely at sea um but i think i'd still opt for him because i think apart from that sort of little spell there he's been quite impressive this season and playing a style of football and a brand of football that i don't think anyone really thought he'd be capable of doing um so yeah i mean for me it's it's difficult to toss up between the two because they're they're both as good as each other uh, in my eyes and, and they both have different strengths and different capabilities. I think sounds probably a little bit more consistent. Um, but for me, given the football and the style that Wickham play, I think I would probably opt for Ryan Innes this weekend. Mm, yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, Nathan, about that that game at the Valley last season, I think I think McCleary scored in the first half. Um, it's probably quite key that we don't find ourselves behind in this game because of how good they are at the the, the dark arts of, <laughs> of seeing games out. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're great at managing games and, and that's, you know, I mean, there was it the last two, they, I think they, didn't they make the play like playoffs the last two years? Obviously, I think they went up one year, but, um, and I think they were bottom of everything in terms of chances created, possession, and but that's they know they know their style of play, they know what they're good at, and if they do get a lead, it's very very rare that they'll go on to lose a game if they go one nil up. So the first goal will be key. Um, like I say, I think it'll be a one nil to either side or a one all or nil nil. I can't see many goals in it, um, but yeah, as you say, we've just got to keep keep our physicality up. I, I, I agree with Lewis. I can see Innes starting for that because of the direct balls, I'd prefer to play Lavelle with, when we're having more of the ball. Um, but, and if, you, if, you know, if you're going to have a team getting loads of crosses in the box, I think Ryan's obviously the first choice for me in terms of those type of games. But yeah, we need to be on our, you know, and try not get bullied. Um, I think this, especially, I think they're going to target Claydon a lot. Um, so he, uh, and if clearly he does get pull out wide, he's going to have a game on his hand. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a test. But you're going to get these tests. Not every team are the same, and you're going to get different tactical sort of surprises thrown at you. Excellent stuff. Right. Well, we've come to the end of this week's big match preview. Thanks to those of you uh, who've tuned in. Don't forget, if you want to have your say uh, about the game against Wickham, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive or keep an eye out after the game. We'll hopefully have a couple of roving reporters uh, outside the away end. Uh, looking to pick up some post-match reaction as well for the fans bar features. So keep your eyes peeled for that one. Right, thanks to Lewis and to Nathan. Good to speak to you guys as always. Cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks very much for listening and we shall see you again on Sunday.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 